Welcome back to Coffee with Kia. This is episode six. Y'all, we didn't quit yet. We're still going. Today, we're talking to you about updates, workarounds, PSLF, and save plans if we have time. There is a tornado coming. And we want to get on the road before we get blown away. <laughs> I heard about the tornado. So. Yes. <laughs> no, I made all that up. Um, I'm Cassie Benedict, Director of Outreach Services. Hi, everyone. I'm Keith Ritchie, Assistant Director of Outreach Services here at Kia. And we have today not one, not two. <laughs> Actually, yes, just two. Wait. <laughs> one. Yep. Two. <laughs> That's good. Two. Good count. Mackenzie's accent isn't here. So just two, two (laughs) special guests, two for the price of one today, folks. You get the Brandon and the Brandy. (laughs) Brandon. Yes, yes. Don't leave her hanging. Hanging? I'm not going to leave her No way. Absolutely. Not Brandy. (laughs) All right. Brandon, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Dating profile style. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, been happily married almost 15 years. So, let's get that out there before we get into any of my dating preferences. (laughs) Hello, Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Melissa. (laughs) Love you, babe. Um, So, I am the Eastern Kentucky Outreach Counselor. Been here for, well, now I'm actually in my seventh year. I absolutely love working for Kia, and I, I honestly think Eastern Kentucky is the best region in the entire state. Um, had the opportunity to even leave that region. You know what? I said no. Cassie came up this to me. This is a true story. Cassie came yeah. up to me and said, Brandon, you live like five minutes from 20 schools. I said, yep, but I'll take that two and a half hour drive to Pike County any day of the week. So, And I know a whole bunch of school counselors who are thankful for that <laughs> yep. choice. I hear it all the time. All the time. But absolutely love working for Kia and excited to be here. Kind of getting the between the ferns vibe here. So I'm pretty excited. Got a got a rose and a thorn a little bit. So but which, it, which is which? Yes, thank you for having me so much, Cassie and Keith. You're welcome. So what's it like being bald? No, I'm joking. I was trying to wow. go with that fur between yeah, two birds. <laughs> well, in dog years, he's only worked here for one year. <laughs> yes. This is what you look like after you've done a season of fasts in January. Um, so no, it, it's nice. The more wisdom is what there, I'm being told. There you go. Well, it gets your brain closer to like the ozone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does. That's what I keep telling myself. Brandon's never coming back. Um, all right. And Brandy, one of my, I don't like to say oldest, one of my most longtime friends. Yeah. So um, I am Cassie's <laughs> replacement in her territory. That's when right. Cassie decided to move up to assistant director and then director, she found little old me out in northwestern Kentucky um, who was just dying to come work for Kia. And She didn't know what her life was missing. Man, I totally did not. Um, But it has been awesome. Um, I have just really loved working with this whole team, and we're all just a big mess, if you can't tell. Mm -hmm. Um, Somehow, we managed to keep it together and get (laughs) things done, but, um, you know, we like to have a lot of fun, and um, we don't want any of the things that that we do at Kia to seem like scary or taboo or whatever. We want, we want this to be an organization that everybody feels comfortable coming and talking and asking questions. And this is how we operate all the time. We 
we joke with each other, we pick on each other, we write honorary Valentines to each other <laughs> today. Specifically today. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to be at Kia yeah. in Northwest Kentucky. Brandy, tell me your favorite Valentine that you wrote today. So today, let me give you guys some uh, background. It is February, I don't know, like February 32nd. And 21st, I'm getting... Breaking news, it is February 21st when we record this, and we, oh, sorry, 22nd. <laughs> it's it's old yesterday. Yesterday. Day old news. Uh, <laughs> and we have just come out of a grueling 26-hour staff meeting, and uh, one of our kind of fun events, we like to have fun with this group, so we all made Valentine's boxes, kindergarten style, and then we wrote Valentine's and passed out Valentine's because they were on discount at Walmart. Um, so, Brandy, what is, was your favorite Valentine that you wrote today? Okay, so I have to preface this by saying that my Valentines were, um, each little card was different. And it would say, I love when we and a blank, or you're a great friend because and a blank. And so... Um, I think one that I wrote to Keith, my dear yeah. boss, said something along the lines of, I love when Cassie did your job. <laughs> I almost yes. spit coffee. Yes. <laughs> or yeah. to my dear friend, Dave, um, I wrote his said, um, I wish I had known you and a blank. And I said, before you were so old. Randy with the one, two. When we uh, say we like to laugh, we we think we're funnier probably than we are. But a good razz here and there, you know, keeps us, (laughs) keeps us. Close. That's yes. right. That's right. Well we love to hate each other. Uh, Keith, Keith and I have already established a long time ago, we think we're funny. Oh, yeah. And yeah. survey says we are wrong. Uh, <laughs> so today, like I said, we're coming out of a staff meeting. We're completely exhausted. Uh, we pour, I made some coffee. I didn't make any for Brandy and Brandon. So love you guys. No coffee for you. You can drink out of mine. But I made some for me and Keith, and it is so Horrid. It tastes so bad. <laughs> it's not your usual coffee that you typically make for me. So. I told but them, your usual one is like about the probably the sugar intake of like Kool Aid. <laughs> yes, yes. If yes. it's not thick and sugary, I want yeah. no part of it. I did tell him that these mugs look like planters, and I just dumped the dirt and the plant out and didn't rinse it. Just yeah. made the coffee in it. It, it does so. smell good though. Yeah, it's the aroma. It's very deceiving. Yeah, so disgusting coffee with Kia today. Kind of circa 93 mug going on. (laughs) That's when this coffee was made. (laughs) 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 Today we have some fun things to talk. Well, you know, fun in quotation marks. Things to talk about. We're going to talk about any updates that are going on with the FAFSA right now. Thankfully, there's nothing groundbreaking, earth-shattering that we're bringing to you. We do have some workaround information. We're going to talk about public student loan forgiveness. So if you've never listened to a Coffee with Kia, uh, you are in the majority. And you are coming on to a really great one because this is good information and we're excited about it. If we have time, we're going to talk about safe plans. If not, you'll just have to wait till episode seven if they don't fire us before then. <laughs> All right, but first, some coffee talk. Yeah. All right, so y'all, mm. I have been mm-hmm. crazy sick. Yeah. 
Anyone want to share this microphone with me? You're good. You don't want to drink in my coffee? No, we're good. My whole family, today is a Thursday. What is this year? Is it? Today is a Thursday. My family went way down with a stomach bug. Keep in mind, I have four children, five and under, uh, all of us, down with a stomach bug Thursday afternoon, and we have literally been sick since. And so when I was trying to think about coffee talk, I was like, I wonder what this experience is like for other people when they are half dead. So when you are sick, tell me, folks, what is your comfort, your comfort food, your comfort item, your comfort pass, way to pass the time? What is it? Keith, we'll start with you. What's your comfort? Well, Cass, mine's an easy one. I, I go back to my childhood, essentially. I turn into a baby. Uh, <laughs> so that's what I do. Uh, His wife <laughs> makes him a bottle of formula. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I would ask her if, she, if I thought she would give me that, but I don't think that's going to happen. To me, though, like, it, it's the same stuff I did in my childhood. Like, if I stayed home from school, I got to watch, like, Price is Right. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. preferably, it'd be, like, a Bob Barker episode. Yes. Well, the good thing is yes. I, I recently bought a new TV, and, you know, some of those, like, off-brand channels that are on these TVs yes. now. <laughs> They're the best channels. They are. Like, I watch that regular, yeah. more than regular TV. Yeah, right. But you can watch, like, old Price is Right from, like, the 80s and 90s yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. I don't know. There's something about that. It just goes with feeling really bad. Mm-hmm. So... That's what, I, that's what I go to. Yeah. I feel like that's so universal. Now, we're all the same generation mm-hmm. here sitting yep. at this table. So, like, I don't know. I'm looking at our producers who are not the same generation. No. I think I'm old enough to be both of their mothers. Um, what, if I had you very young, yes. Zach is telling me no, but. 25. Okay, sweetheart. I'm old enough to be we, your mama. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think Zach knows how old I am. I'm 73. <laughs> they say you're only as old as you feel, and I feel like I have been dead, buried, and exhumed. Matches after today. Okay, so y'all, Price is Right. Is this a universal thing in your generation? You stayed homesick. You watched Price is Right. My mom is on Price is Right. What? Breaking. We are in the presence of greatness. Lene says that her mother oh, was on the Price is Right. You've never seen it. Not even her episode. I may have seen the episode though, <laughs> on that new TV. Keith, Keith was sick a lot last year. He watched your Come mama prices, right? Mama? Come on down, Mama Lawrence. Lawrence? Yeah, okay. Uh, well, so Zach is slightly our generation. He, he feels us on this. He stayed homesick and watched uh, Prices Right. What did you watch when you stayed homesick? Her iPhone. Ah. We're old. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she said yes. Wow. All right. Uh, we'll do B and then Brandon, and then I'll tell you mine. B, what's your comfort We're when you're both sick? B, but I know, but I call you I B. Y'all, I, maybe I should clarify. Yeah. I've called B. I've called Brandy B for we have known each other for even before Kia. Yeah. Before Kia. We Absolutely. worked together at Kentucky Westland Kinda. in 2008. Mm-hmm. So that tells you, okay, y'all. We had professional jobs and do that. We didn't act like professionals, mm-hmm. no. but we were professionals yeah. in 2008. So we go back a long way. I've called her this for many, many yeah. moons. I know. And now today I signed on my Valentine's B, hoping that if they were real offensive, maybe someone would think it was for Brandon. Well, that's kind of funny because I signed mine BB. BB. Yeah. BB. Okay. All right. What's your comfort when you're sick, B? Okay. So this is recent because it's been all around. We're half dead yes. here today. So um, I something new that I'm on to is I have moved saltines aside for oyster crackers. <gasps> okay, here's the thing. 
you're never going to look more pathetic than you do when you have a stomach bug. True. You're pale. Your eyes are hollow. You're probably greasy-headed, cowlick sticking up, clothes with stains. And what makes that worse? <laughs> what makes that worse? Is she just describing me? <laughs> There's a picture it's of to have a bunch of cracker crumbs all over your clothes. And you know what solves that? One bite oyster crackers. Yeah. That, listen, that is Fair legit. Point. You are sick. You can't just put a whole saltine no. in your mouth. No. You so just got to do these little tiny pathetic bites. The oyster hot, crackers. Yeah, Get Show us that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My kids it. love love Skyline oh, oyster crackers. Oh, Skylines are the best. They That's what we salty. do is take a little bit of hot sauce yes. and just put like one But not when you have a stomach bug. Oh, that's fiery. Well, that's we do mix differently in Cincinnati. Absolutely. <laughs> he lives on that's the other side different. of the track. Iron stomachs kind of yeah, based on our, different. our diet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Brandon. Absolutely. BB. Yes. What is your comfort? Well, I'll, I'll kind of go back in the day. I'm kind of with Keith a little bit here. So if I was sick, and didn't feel very well. The couch was going to be my place. Oh, yeah. Like, it Sick wasn't bed. my bed. It was the couch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And back back before um, all ESPN had every okay. single talk show host, they would play the same sports center oh, at 11 yeah. o'clock. It'd be at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Got plenty of Stuart Scott um, growing up, and I would just lay there and just watch every one. And I can remember my dad even saying, Brandon, you've already seen that. I've already seen it three or four times, Dad. <laughs> But I, I still wanted to see the clip of my main man, Barry Larkin, oh, yeah. getting a double. Um, the Reds winning, especially in 1990. I was probably sick of multiple times in October for that one um, in 1990. <laughs> sick. I, was, I was sick a little bit, you know. Um, Reds made me sick again in October of next year. That'll yep. be all right. Yep. Um, yep. But I would do that. And then once I started to get a feeling a little bit better, because I always hit the Gatorade. But it was the Aww. Gatorade in the glass bottles. Oh, Ooh. that's the lemon vault. ice. Lemon ice gator. That is. Oh, I remember wow. that. I'm having like a flood of memories. I remember the glass yes, bottles yes. now. And that with like oh. the Yes, and the lemon ice, which rest in peace. Seven Eleven brought it back a couple years ago, and um, but it was the best. And then it, once, like as I got Does feeling that a little say better, I had to over. find some good food. There it is. Yes. Yes. Yep. Our producers are like showing us old pictures of yes. it. Yes. We were trying to figure out what it was. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, it hit different. Oh, it did. It hit different. Same as an L8 bottle. Glass only. Glass only. Yeah. Um, but that's basically what I did. Just laid on the couch. Um, especially the stomach bug, though. Not not eating much. Mm. But once I started, get, started to get healthy again, I had to have some good mom's cooking. That's, mm. that's all. That gets you all, there. Yeah. Yeah. It got me over the hump. Yes. I just made a note to watch out in October of 25, 24, uh, Brandon's leave request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, Sorry about the FAFSA. Trust me, he's earned the title. <laughs> um, so, I first have to tell you my kid because it's so cute. My Bastion, my, one of my five-year-olds, his comfort is to watch the old 1950s Batman. Every oh. time he's sick, he want, like, he's like, can you put on That's Batman? We always know that he's getting sick if he has to see that. We're oh. like, oh, here it comes. That's the one where it's like, zoom. Yes. 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 With Robin and so Adam yeah. West. Adam yeah. West. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just gold. And he loves every minute of it when he's right. sick. Um, my comfort item is instant mashed potatoes. No matter what I'm sick with, 
There's nothing that can't be cured by instant mashed potatoes, specifically from KFC. But if no one will go get me KFC, then I can make it like from the box, you know, and it's okay. We didn't grow up on instant mashed, so we grew up on like real mashed potatoes. Right. Like my mom like peeled the potatoes and the whole nine. And so to me, instant mashed potatoes was like a delicacy. <laughs> like you never got that. That was something special. And so that's what makes me feel better. And like coincidentally, when my mom came over to take care of us, because that's how sick we were, uh, she brought like a whole bunch of packets of mashed potato, instant mashed potatoes. Oh. And like, it's probably why I'm sitting here today, y'all. KFC mashed potatoes. Idahoan. Idahoan for the win. Yeah. Yes. Seriously, KFC mashed potatoes. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Solid. Very solid. Mm. It will cure what ails you. Yes. All right. Now you want to talk about some, like, things people care about? Mm -mm. No. (laughs) Let's just (laughs) Mashed potatoes and oyster crackers. crackers. Really enjoying it. But listen, I got to tell you, I got to back up the oyster cracker thing. Because I did that this time around. We had both. We had oyster crackers and saltines, and I tried both, and 100% oyster crackers. Are you saying oyster? Yes. Or oyster? It's oyster. It's oyster. Oyster. My aunt. I say oyster because okay. it looks like moisture. Oh, my aunt in South Carolina. I say oyster because it's oyster. <laughs> That's how it's spelled. Right. Phonetically, yeah. it is correct. Yeah. To say. <laughs> well, I asked <laughs> because my aunt in South Carolina says oyster, and she yeah. thinks that it's a Kentucky thing to say oyster, and I'm convinced right. it's a South Carolina so thing. It's weird to say that you guys oyster. are saying it phonetically. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No idea. Because yeah. I'm crazy about stuff like that. Y'all know this. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm saying it wrong is that's it for today. <laughs> We're done here. Play yeah. some sad music. The day Cassie quit was the day that she realized she was saying a word wrong. <laughs> it's kind of like when I was in high school and I was singing that no scrubs. Or no, no not no scrubs. Uh, <laughs> Brady's like, where is this going? Um, it was a, uh, oh, come on now. I'm not going to be able to remember it. It's the Bugaboo song. Uh-huh. Okay, who sings that? Do you remember? Beyonce. Destiny Destiny's Child. Child. Okay, Destiny's Child. Child. And I thought the line was, break my knees so I can't move. Because <laughs> you're a bugaboo. A bugaboo. Uh, and my friend at one point was like, are you saying break my knees so I can't move? And I was like, yeah. He's a bugaboo. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, she's saying, break my lease so I can move to get away from the bugaboo. And I was like, yeah. Oh, you, you, went, sense. you went Tanya Harley. Destiny's child was like, Tanya just Harley. do me in. Break my knees. <laughs> wow. Makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. Oyster. <laughs> I kind of like that version better. Uh, <laughs> break my knees so I can't move? I have a, that needs to be a coffee talk one day, is what lyrics were uh, you oh, gravely oh. incorrect about? Because I have a whole long list. There have been books. songs that I've stopped liking over the years because I'm like, oh, well, I like my version. Of <laughs> exactly, better, so exactly. It's just not as yeah. good. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. And now... Let's actually talk about real things <laughs> before we, before Joe Carroll Ellis calls and says, go ahead and stop that podcast. <laughs> All of these people are fired. <laughs> All right. Updates. How's the FAFSA going to you, going for you guys? I want to turn this over to Brandon and Brandy because, like we said before when Mackenzie was here, Keith and I aren't in the field. We're not living this day to day. We see it from kind of a, you know, a bird's eye view. And so how's the FAFSA going for you guys now versus when it opened versus... Three weeks ago, just walk us through it. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and yeah. um, kind of mention a few things. I know Brandy's the same way because we've kind of hung out a little bit when we worked together. But as outreach counselors, you all don't well, hang out outside of work. Sorry. <laughs> we, yeah, that's true. We don't <laughs> hang outside of work. Uh, outside of work, but no one um, does. <laughs> no, yeah, nobody does. We're always working. Um, what we've what we always try to do is help every single family, whether it's a student, whether it's yeah. a parent. And a lot of the issues that have come down with the FAFSA this year are issues that we can't resolve. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, honestly, I've had counselors come to me and say, Brandon, it's okay. Like, they know that usually we call you and we, we know what to do. We know how to fix it. And a lot of these things are uncontrollable bias, like FSA ID issues or s- trying to sign the FAFSA, you know, things like that. Or a simple process like a data exchange not working. And so a lot of things like that have been kind of uncontrollable that usually Brandy and I can say, you know what, here's what you need to do. Click this button, click that button, and we've got it resolved. Um, one of the biggest issues we're seeing lately is a student will sign and then it'll go ahead and submit it without the parent even signing and submitting. Mm-hmm. And from the very beginning when they released this Better FAFSA, Better Future, they said student could sign and then the last person to do it will sign and submit. And that's simply not happening. And they're getting an email saying, you submitted it without a signature. But we know we submit, we didn't submit it because all we did was sign it. And so I think that's one of the big, been one of the biggest things. And then now that we're having to wait till March to even make these corrections, yeah. mm-hmm. those are some of the Sadly. biggest issues for our families. They're already overwhelmed as it is with trying to figure out where to go to school, mm-hmm. um, what kind of financial aid are they gonna get, and now we're two months away from graduation and they haven't even seen their FAFSA yet. Yeah. Yep. I want to tag on to that signature thing. Signatures have been one of the biggest things that I've had calls, texts, emails about from parents, from counselors, um, from financial aid uh, professionals. There are, there are times that the signatures work awesome mm-hmm. and we say it over and over. When this new FAFSA works, it is, it's awesome. Yep. I mean, it, it is great. Um, there are some things that we have seen at times. And one of the simplest things is if you see something out there and you're just not sure and it just doesn't look right, save, walk away, mm-hmm. go back into it. Mm-hmm. The next day, yeah. you might see something different. Um, I've seen where for both the parent and the student, they're getting a button that says, instead of just sign for the first person, mm-hmm. it says sign and submit. Yep. So we say, well, let's log out of this account, log into the other one. They're seeing the same thing. So if that happens, um, you know, just, just give it a day or two because it may resolve itself. Yeah. Some of these issues, if you just log out, log back in later, it right. may resolve itself. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, that's a lot of what we're doing right now as outreach counselors. We're just trying to help uh, facilitate a lot of this troubleshooting because there are a lot of things that we just have no idea about either. Yeah. But a lot of, I think, what has made the FAFSA smoother from when it opened in January to now for myself is that I have just learned some of these little tricks. <laughs> you know, it's, it's maybe they did something to the actual form itself, or maybe I'm just learning some of these little tricks yeah. that I can share with families and counselors yeah. and uh-huh. stuff. And, 
And I want to I want to say two things today. If anybody's listening, families, counselors, financial aid professionals, anybody that works with helping um, file FAFSAs, two of the biggest things that have given people a lot of worry is thinking that they can't sign because the signature at the end, when it has you review yes. the steps, yep. it looks like the signature is a drop-down box. Mm-hmm. It's not. Nope. Wow. You can't. It says signature, and it looks like everything else has been completed, but signature looks like it hasn't. Yep. So people will try to click, and they'll say, it won't let me sign. Won't let me sign. That's not where you sign. Mm. You have to scroll to the very bottom of that page, and then there's a continue button button. that takes you to the signature page. Wow, I can see how that would trip a lot of people. So a lot of people are getting stuck and thinking something's wrong, but it's just the way that the form is laid out. It's Mm -hmm. just a little confusing at that point. So that's a save for some people that can give them a lot of stress. And Mm -hmm. another that I have seen and heard parents get to the end and they say, this can't be right. Yep. This cannot be right because it did not ask me any questions about my income. Yep. I brought my taxes, but it didn't ask me anything. When it works correctly, it's not going to ask you those questions. Right. When it it matches up with your information from the IRS through this direct data exchange, that is perfectly fine. That does not mean you've missed anything, yep. that you've done anything wrong. Yep. So um, just that being able to say, it's fine, you did it right. If it was easy for you and you moved through it pretty quickly, then then chances are the system yeah. worked right for you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what we had to look forward to mm-hmm. with this FAFSA. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I agree. Absolutely. I, I think that it's, you know, once all this gets worked out and we figure all the tricks and we understand how to lead families through this even better, I think it's going to be something great. Keith came up with a document that is, I think, incredibly helpful. That's kind of, it kind of outlines some of the things that we see over and over, some of the glitches, some of the errors, some of the things that we want to address as an agency to just make parents know and students know, like, it's okay. Um, And I love that in that, that's available on Um, (laughs) kygoestocollege.com. The uh, one thing I love about that is the part where it says, like, if you see the words in review, you're in it's a, a good, good place. Oh, yeah. place. Right. As good as you place. can be. Everyone thinks yeah. like, oh, in review, right. like they're reviewing my, I've done something wrong. Like, mm-hmm. no, once you see in review, like that's the old version of processing. Like it's processing your information. We're just in a holding pattern. In review is a great thing to yep. see. Yep. Yeah. I, I honestly think too, um, and this is something not, a, it's kind of outside the FAFSA, is our attitude towards it. Um, yeah. We have, we see parents, counselors, you know, anybody that works with following FAFSA is overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we can come in with that positive attitude, hey, we got this. It's delayed for everybody. I know one of the common questions that we're getting is, well, my scholarship application needs to have the FAFSA submitted. Well, I've submitted the FAFSA, but I don't have my FAFSA submission summary. I'll look at them and say, submit the scholarship. Everybody's in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's that's one of the things that's like, it's we can't control that. Yeah. Right. But if you just use that excuse that, well, I don't have a FAFSA submission summary and not decide and decide, you know what, I'm not going to submit the scholarship today, that's on the student. Mm-hmm. But go ahead and do it. Everybody's in the same boat. It'll get yeah. fixed. Yeah. You know, yes, it's delayed, but we will get your FAFSA submitted to the appropriate school and scholarship committee. The right. good thing is, Brandon, you know, along those lines, they're really is a safety in numbers. You know, <laughs> so I, I know, you know, I talk to a lot of families. 
uh, over the last week or so who have been just really, uh, you know, just anxious about what they're seeing, that they're not being able to get to the finish line for whatever reason, for a myriad of, of problems that they're facing. But at the end of the day, as long as we get something submitted, whether it be through the paper FAFSA mm-hmm. or we, we do what we have to to get to the finish line through the online form, even if it's not 100% 100% how it should be, or maybe there's a, a workaround. If you're able to get to the finish line, we can always clean these things up later. Mm-hmm. So don't be worried about accuracy, in my opinion, at, mm-hmm. at this stage in the game, because if you can just get to that in-review part, we can always go back and fix right. whatever we need to it's fix. True. Right. Point. And the fact of the matter is, no one has gotten past that in-review part. Right. And yeah. I think right. that's really important yeah. to remember. Mm-hmm. Nobody's who has submitted this, if they made a mistake or if they weren't 100% sure, should I submit this or not now, go ahead and submit it because you have nothing to lose. Right. If you're able to submit it online, virtually do it, and let's just wait for these things to come come back from being processed. And we can go in a million times if we have to and right. make our adjustments and, and add schools if we need to or make any corrections. Yeah. And we're still, you know, we've had these discussions internally. Like, we're still in a place where we don't know how the department is planning to roll out um, the ICER. So that's that back end of the FAFSA that the colleges get. Kia gets it for state aid purposes. We don't know how those are going to roll out. We know they're on hold until mid-March at at least. Uh, We don't know if it's going to be first in, first out. We don't know if they're going to batch them. We don't know. But one thing we do know is if you submit today, your date stamped for today your time stamped for today. So if, you know, Kentucky is a first come first serve state. So if we decide, okay, we're going to go in order of time stamp, you're ahead of the person who submits tomorrow. So I definitely agree with Keith in that. Like if once we get it submitted, even if we have to fix it, even if there's mistakes, even if there's glitches, you have a time stamp. And what I would recommend too, if you're in that situation, when you hear that timeline of it's going to be at least mid-March before we could even fathom an idea of being able to get back into this thing to make our updates and corrections, what I would do if I was a student or a parent right now completing this, I'd go ahead and just jot down a, like a to-do list. Here are the things that I need to maybe check back in when that time frame yeah. does come back and I have access to my FAFs again that way. Because, you know, in a normal year, it's like a three to five day turnaround. And now we're talking about several weeks. And if you did this back in January, you're talking about a couple months down the road in some cases before you're going to be able to make those adjustments. So, That'd be my advice. Go ahead and jot it down, put a note in your phone, mm-hmm. and that way, when that day comes, you're kind of a little bit more prepared for, for what to expect and, and what you need to accomplish. The one thing I do want to throw out there, because it could be an extended time frame that we're talking about, is when you, that day comes that you are able to actually get back into your FAFSA, access it, and make those changes, it's super, super important that you go all the way to the end and resubmit that actual FAFSA. Mm-hmm. Because if not, then you have this weird limbo thing going on where the colleges don't see that that update or that correction. We at Kia won't see that. So you have to make sure that you are going in, making those corrections, and getting to the finish line and resubmitting it in order for anyone else to see it. Mm-hmm. Good advice, folks. Very good advice. So um, we've got we got some additional guidance from FSA just this week uh, regarding mixed status families, and that's a term that I had never heard before this FAFSA cycle of mixed status families. Um, But what that is, is it's students who may have a social security number and they're able to file the FAFSA just normally and their parents maybe don't have a social security number or one parent doesn't have one. We um, 
were led to believe that the system would be out for parents who had who didn't have social security numbers beginning when the FAFSA opened December 30th, the system would be available, they could set up FSA IDs, they could file a FAFSA just like a parent who had a social security number. Um, it is late February. Yeah. yeah. Still that system does not exist, is not working. We I have heard some success stories here and there. But we did get some guidance today, or yesterday, I believe, about some workarounds. Uh, somebody in the room <laughs> talked to me about that. Well, I'll tell you this, that to me, the, the, the best news of all is, you know, we're, we're well aware of this issue, that if a parent doesn't have a Social Security number, this identity verification process that was supposed to be up and running, as you mentioned, Cassie, has not been. The problem that I've had more than anything throughout this entire process is that it's been an unresolved but open-ended issue mm -hmm. Yes. until this week. Mm -hmm. This was the first time at least I had, you know, and I know you and I have sat on a lot of webinars and meetings and stuff about this. To me, at least, this is the first time I've actually seen a general time frame for a resolution. And I think that's extremely positive news. So anyway, the, uh, Federal Student Aid has announced that they are expecting this issue with parents without a social not being able to set up an FSA ID to be resolved by mid-March. So by mid-March, they are expecting this to be behind us, which is, I think, really welcome news to at least have some resemblance of, um, of a time frame. Right. The one thing that the guidance came out, and it, you know, it's an update, but it's kind of a non-update because this would have been... I say workaround. I use that term very loosely yeah, I don't know if it's ever really ideal. But they did mention that if you are a family in this situation and you are experiencing like a looming deadline, you've got something for a certain program or a scholarship or something, and you really just need to get this thing submitted as quickly as possible, Federal Student Aid did announced that their recommendation would be to go ahead and submit a paper FAFSA mm -hmm. um, to at least have something that you can can show that, that that that's the case. My advice, if you go that route, just know that, um, you know, I think a smart way to handle that is as soon as you throw that in the mailbox, go ahead and reach out to that program or that 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 scholarship that organization, amount. whatever Absolutely. has that deadline, to let them know that you've had to go down that road. Yep. The good thing about us in Kentucky with Kia, we don't have that problem per se. There are some states that have deadlines that are very strict. We're first come, first serve state. So right. We're not in any danger at this point of like running out of our state aid program, you know, money and stuff at, at this point in the game. But they did announce that that was kind of their recommendation. If you have a looming deadline, go ahead and do that. If you don't, they're basically we're say, they're saying go ahead and and um, you know just wait until this thing gets resolved. Again, it's now expected. At least we have a time frame, an estimated time frame of mid March. In a mixed status family where. One parent has a social security number and another, and the other does not. What their recommendation was. Um, Sorry. Was that my limit? All right. <laughs> we we have a cane and we've got a frog. Yeah. like, hello, my baby. Hello, yeah. my darling. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I don't even know what that reference is. I don't know exactly. Yeah, I don't remember it. Another uh, go to when Deep I'm sick. recesses of my yes. brain. Yeah. That frog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what That's that alarm Cassie's way of telling me to wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. No, anyway, in terms of the, the the situation of a mixed status family, one parent has a social, the other does not. 
the feds have mentioned that what they would recommend is go with the parent with the social, leave the parent who does not have a social off of that FAFSA for the time being, get something submitted. Again, it kind of goes back to our idea. Get something submitted, even yep. if it's not perfect. Yep. Get it submitted. Let's get you in line and let's pick up the pieces later when we have a more user-friendly, workable FAFSA to, mm-hmm. to, to play with. The FAFSA we were promised. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, no, certainly. And, and, you know, I was going to wait to get into this debate, and I don't, don't think it's going to be a debate. I think we're all going to be on the same page, but... Uh, before, after, until after the uh, commercial break, but let's go ahead and get into it since Keith brought it up. So a, a mixed status family comes to you today. They don't have a pressing deadline, but they're very anxious. They want to get this in. They know we're a first-come, first-served state. And, and uh, if you're listening, you know, maybe you just stumbled upon this podcast, in which case I'm sorry. Um, but you are listening to it and you're like, what do they mean first-come, first-served? That means that... Uh, Kentucky has a limited amount of state funding to give to families who qualify for need-based state grants. And so we do first come, first serve. You're the first in the door. You get in line for the money. You're going to get the money first. If Brandy gets in line today and we run out of money this afternoon and I submit my application tomorrow, but the money ran out with Brandy, it doesn't matter if I need it because we don't have any more. Mm-hmm. Um for a lot of years, we haven't been in a place where we feared running out of money. We've been in a really good place. Uh, but years ago, you know, when um, the FAFSA was opening in January back then, that was the norm, we would sometimes run out within six weeks. Absolutely. You know, it would be really, really a sprint to yeah. get to that finish line, to get in line for that money. So that's what we mean by first come, first serve. But a family comes to you, you're, you know, let's pretend like you're an IKEA outreach counselor for a moment. Let's really suspend reality and pretend like you're a IKEA outreach counselor and a family comes to you and they are a mixed status family and they come to you today on February, we don't know, 21st, 22nd, I don't know what day it is. And they say, mom doesn't have a social, maybe dad doesn't have a social either, okay? Maybe neither parent has a social, but the child has a social. We, we hear the state runs out of money. We want to get in line. We're very anxious about it. We don't have any additional deadlines. We don't have scholarship deadlines or anything that right. lo- like that looming over our heads. What is your guidance to them? And I would like to, like, yeah. and I would like to hear from each one of you. Contestant I number one. Go. I have actually worked with many of these families this year. And up until this point, um, I have said, Let's just wait mm-hmm. because now that we have um, a date in mind of when we should have a solution to this, I think it's a much easier thing to say, let's wait. Um, and, you know, that does make the families nervous in the beginning. They feel like people are all getting ahead of them and they're missing out. And they hear those terms like Three million FAFSAs have been submitted, and they think all of those people are in front of them. Right. And then, you know, then I go back to, like, it's it's okay. You are still in a fine place. Like, you are still, um, you know, no colleges are working on any of this yet. No one's FAFSAs have been even processed yet. Like, now, if you ask me this, um, the second week of March, and we haven't seen something, I'm going to have a whole different story to tell. Sure. Um, of course, what I've done with those families, and this is not what you asked, but, you know, my two cents. The families <laughs> we where we do have one parent with um, and one parent without social, 
um, I have filed that. Mm-hmm. And the way that the way that I did that is we mom had a social. We put her information in. She filed joint taxes with dad in 2022. So in that circumstance, dad wouldn't have to have an FSA ID created. Um, but it still wants that second parent's information. We did go ahead and put dad's information in there. And mm-hmm. in that FAFSA or in that social spot, just to get it submitted, like Keith was saying earlier, we did go ahead and use his tax identification number just so it was mm-hmm. easier to link dad to those taxes and to mom when when the time comes to get that all figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did with, when we do have at least one parent with a social Mm-hmm. Um, we, I did go ahead and, and putting that tax identification number in that social security box for the second parent. So this mm-hmm. is not your parent who has the social security number or whatever. That's just a, a, a means to the end. Right. right. That's just a step to take to get it submitted. That's not yeah, guidance. Not correct. That's not right. It's that just a way to get it because it won't let you, if dad's on those taxes, mm-hmm. if they file together, it won't let you. It won't let you go without. beyond. No. That and they originally that. had told us the old way to circumvent it would work again with the all zeros or all nines, and that is incorrect. Yeah, it's not it, working. And it also does say that there is a separate location that you can put in that tax ID number. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen a space for that, so right. I just said this is going to be the easiest way to identify a that this is the correct parent yeah. mm-hmm. and just go ahead and get that submitted. So that that's what I did. I went with my best judgment on that just to get that uh, FAFSA submitted because we did have a parent and a student both with verified FSA IDs. Mm-hmm. So um, that situation's a little bit different. But And I do think, Brandy, like you bring up a good point about FSA IDs in particular. If it's a family, if it's a married couple who filed joint taxes, technically the rule is only one of them needs an FSA ID. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so even, again, it kind of goes back to what the, what the feds were saying, that, like, if you're in that situation, only one really truly needs an FSA ID. They're able to speak on behalf of both parties because they're pulling from that same tax record. Yes. That's why, that's where they're coming from mm-hmm. with the idea of, like, leaving that, that, that other side of it off of there is because they really technically only need that consent piece from the one parent because they are all coming from the same record. Right. I think, um, you know, with the guidance that Keith has mentioned that we've kind of received, I don't work with many of those students in Eastern Kentucky, to be perfectly honest, but I have worked with... Now, let me ask you, are you saying Eastern... Oh, it's full oyster, oyster Kentucky. Oyster Kentucky. Yeah. It's Eastern. Eastern. Eastern, Eastern. It's full. We Eastern, say Eastern. Eastern. Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> um, but I have worked with. I worked with a student last year. Um, his parent did not have a social, and he has actually contacted the school again this year to say, "Hey, what do I need to do about my FAFSA?" Because colleges has been college has been giving them guidance. Hey. You need to get your FAFSA in, you know, you're going to be a sophomore. And at the time that he reached out, because I happened to be at the school that day that he reached out to the um, contact, uh, contact of mine, we're like, let's just hold off for a second. But I think if he were to, were to call me tomorrow, I think I might go and say, let's go ahead and get a paper one submitted. Let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and do that because his dad actually does, which I, the, you know, you bring a, a, something good to my attention. His dad does do a tax return. Mm-hmm. But it's through the 
register with his ETIN mm-hmm. number. And that's probably not going to pull that dad's information in mm-hmm. because it's not the social. Right. So, and, but we don't have an FSA ID that can be created with the ETIN. Mm-hmm. So I think in that case, I mean, we could do a paper one. We could go ahead and get it submitted, show that school that we are making an effort to get that taken care of. And a lot of schools too have departments for this population yeah. mm-hmm. that I think, um, I know when I've had certain questions of how, how to submit a FAFSA in a certain circumstance maybe, I'll defer to the college. I'll, I'll reach out to them and say, hey, I've got this situation. Right. I, don't, I know that I'm not the one making the decisions on this FAFSA. You guys are. What should I do That's in this great case? advice, yeah. I do have a college in, in my area that I that this week the director you know she's like we're moving on with paper fafsas because up until that point there had not been any dead you know deadlines saying saying that by Mm -hmm. this time and so yeah colleges have um you know their own way of doing things we look to them for you know what they're doing in sight they look to us for you know uh, as as a representative of the entire state, what everybody's doing. Um, but a lot of this stuff, there's just not a right or wrong. I think that's, yeah. There's not a perfect solution to any of this, but I will right. say what, what comes to my mind about this stuff, you know, just hearing both of you share your experience, you can never go wrong with having an abundance of communication Absolutely. with your college. At the end of the day, you know, the federal guidance is what it is, mm-hmm. right? But again, even what came out this week, it's not really groundbreaking information yeah. that really helps us like right now in the moment. Yeah. It's at least it kind of puts some of our concerns at ease a little bit that at least it looks like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But really, as long as we are staying in contact with our colleges, our scholarship organizations, your Kia outreach counselor, stay connected in that loop because these are going to be the folks who hear it first mm-hmm. and they're going to be able to really at the end of the day fix anything with you yeah. that, that right. you could encounter with this. Right. If the FAFSA gets submitted tomorrow, it's going to be processed next month at the federal level. It'll come here to Kentucky with Kia. We start working through our state aid. But at the end of the day, it's the college that packages everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's the finish line. Yes. So if we know yeah. that this is the college we're going to or this is the handful of schools that we're considering for next mm-hmm. school year to, to enroll in, that's who I want to be talking to mm-hmm. throughout this process. Yeah. If I'm running into an issue or I'm just worried about next steps, Keep them in the loop about what your plan is. If you've gotten creative on your FAFSA, give them a heads up about it. Because it could speed things up because I I feel for the financial aid office. Oh, 100%. No matter how this rolls out in mid-March, it's going to be messy. messy. Mm -hmm. I feel like we want to, like, pour, if this wasn't our executive director's office, I feel like we want to, like, pour a little coffee out (laughs) for our friends in financial aid offices. So if you can help streamline some of this stuff as they get your ICER, meaning your FAFSA records and and your FAFSA data in in mid-March, and you know that there was something a little wonky about how you got that thing submitted, give them a heads up. Yep. It's going to make things go a little bit more smooth yeah. for you. Right. And and just along with that, I just ask, if, if you're a school counselor, if you're a parent, a student, whatever, um, we just ask that you guys go into this coming school year and financial aid year 
um, giving these financial aid offices some grace. Yes. They are working so hard for these students, um, you know, trying to do everything to benefit the students. (laughs) And um, they have been given more work than ever before with the way that the new FAFSA is set up. And so, um, you know, understand that it's not, it's not those offices fault if something is delayed or behind, just um, make sure that you kind of let them know how much they're appreciated and and give them them grace because I'm I'm telling you, they are, they're going to be, um, swimming deep in all this. Yeah, Yeah. we, I feel like we beat this drum a lot that like the burden falls on the financial aid office and like that's hard. Like they're already overworked, underthanked offices and then DOE basically said we're going to simplify everything for everyone except for the financial aid offices and it all fell on them. So Mm -hmm. I do think it's worth weighing into this pseudo debate uh, because we all are kind of in agreement. Um, But uh, I spoke with our director of student aid yesterday just to kind of see what her, she actually does the awarding on the state level. So she's the one that's rolling out that you're eligible. We ran out before you, you, your application came in, you know, whatever. Um, And her, which I think, you know, not for nothing. I think this is an important thing to get out there. She said, I don't recommend waiting on the Department of Ed for anything at this point. (laughs) She said if they are saying mid-March, you know, yeah, they also said, you know, before. There was a February 1st at one point. There was February 1st. Exactly. Like January 31st was was thrown around. Mid-February was thrown around. Now we're up to mid-March. And so I do think, you know, that's a, a good point is that. You know, we're waiting on these promises that aren't being fulfilled. And so, you know, there's something to be said for that. At the same time, I am all in the camp of of wait. You know, like I was even saying at lunch today, like if I were following my seniors faster right now, I wouldn't be. I would be continuing to wait. Um, You know, we again, we are a first come, first serve state. So you do want to get yourself in line. But I do think, I mean, I think the takeaway from this is it is a case by case basis. And it is a a basis where you want to, you you know, you want to find an outreach counselor and talk to them about your situation. You want to talk to your financial aid office about your situation so that we can best advise you whether to wait or to go ahead and file a paper FAFSA, or we can give you all your options and let you make the decision. You take ownership of that decision um, because, you know, there, there are implications for both. And I think that's, you know, that's something to think over and something to talk about with your family and something to make a decision about. Um, I don't think it's a one size fits all. To me, I think where I'm at with, with this entire debate on, do you go the paper route? Do you wait for mid-March? I'm kind of in the camp, if it were me, Cassie, in all honesty, I'm okay with waiting till mid-March. If there's another pushback beyond that, I think I'm going the paper route. I feel yeah. like that's kind of like my last th- like line in the sand, right. mid-March. Right. If yeah. it ends up being, if yes. I get an end of March or an April or right. anything beyond that, right. I'm done. And we're going old school and we're filing this thing like it's 1995. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. That's good. And speaking, I mean, Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, but from like an outreach counselor Mm -hmm. that is out there right now, I'm, I'm going to go with also whatever my family that I'm working with really feels comfortable doing, you know? It's just like Cassie said, we're going to lay out the options and say, Maybe Kia leans a little more. Maybe you should try this option. 
But if I have a family that is adamant that the other option is the best choice yep. for them, yep. this is their FAFSA. This is their FAFSA. Right. It doesn't affect are, us at the we, end of right. the day. Yes, we are there to right. help counsel you through mm-hmm. this process, mm-hmm. but it's ultimately, you know, that family's FAFSA. So, yeah. you know, I never want to to say, absolutely, I'm mm-hmm. this way or that way. Yeah, right. yeah it's situational. Yeah. I'm not yeah, trying to like, sell that person a right. car. Absolutely. This, yeah. You need to be in this uh, yes. today. 100%. Um, it's they're overwhelmed. Yeah, sure. It's, I mean, I can remember the day that I would sit down and do my FAFSA mm-hmm. with my with my parents. So, you know, you give them the options and let's say, okay, which way do you want to go? Yeah. We right. got it. We got it covered for you. Right. But you just tell us what you want. You make yep. that choice. Yeah. Choose your own FAFSA adventure. <laughs> Choose your own. Those Choose your wonderful own adventure. Books, by the way. I love those. Those are great books. Diverged. That's right. Um, so I want to take a little commercial break because it's real hot in here. <laughs> and I need to fan myself without being a distraction for a moment. Um, so, and now a word from our sponsor. Do you need help paying for college? Your first step is completing a FAFSA, free application for federal student aid. The 24-25 FAFSA will be available in late December 2023 and is more user-friendly. More students will be eligible for aid than ever before. Kia counselors and others are ready to help you. You're not in this alone. For more information, use the QR code or text money to 800-928-8926. Or you can visit gearupky.org. ever gone um you can't lose something you don't have brandon yes uh, <laughs> we were playing movie quotes at lunch and it was very fun vv fun what, what before we start what time do you have to head out um, like right now 4 30 it's 4 12 minutes pslf and done in a hurry yeah yeah and done Who's okay. doing PSL? I'm just going to pose it to you guys. I, I, so y'all I'm just, just going to nod a lot. And I, I know. I've, I mean, I've gone through the process. You've gone through the process, so I know what. I will put I have yeah. the radio ad script if you just want to read that. Mm. Nice. That can be our break. That can be our. That'd be good. Yeah. Okay. What, what do I do? I no, do. he's joking. Oh. I don't know anything. I'm She's like, like, what? Yeah. That. So all this is edited then. Sometimes they do a sturdy. Yeah. A little bit. Sometimes they surprise us. And we're back. Welcome back to episode six of Coffee with Kia. Uh, we are going to, we've made a, a four-time executive decision here that we're going to tease you with the save repayment plan. It's exciting. It's uh, beneficial. You're going to want to know more about it, and so you're going to want to listen to Episode 7 because we're not going to talk about it today. Uh, Brandon never stops working, and so he has a deadline. He's got to get back uh, to Eastern Kentucky and help those fine folks file their FAFSAs. All right. Public student loan forgiveness. We got big things going on with public student loan forgiveness. Other than uh, Keith and Brandon, their loans have been forgiven. It's official. Brandy said, can I just say, before the break, or during the break, Brandy said her loans, she paid them off like a upstanding citizen. Yeah, And we all said, well, we put ours off as long <laughs> as we possibly could. That's the only responsible thing that I did financially in my young life. Well, I'm $40,000 more responsible than you. <laughs> I don't monetary to amounts to this I don't, have, I don't have to pay mine now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <I'm joking. laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I, I think they might have been forgiven now yeah. if I'm seeing zeros. But anyways, we want to know about it. It's usually a good sign. It's usually a good sign. I like a zero. So. Unless it's your bank account. Unless it's, well, <laughs> it's your and bank that account. Also That's always zero. Zero. When you have children, it's never anything more. Um, all right, so PSL left. Tell us about what's going on with public student loan forgiveness. Give us the good, bad, and the and the even better. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll kind of start out. Game changer. Public service loan forgiveness. Game, absolute game changer. Um, kind of go back a little bit. When we had COVID, when COVID was happening and everything, they actually extended some of the benefits to where students that had taken out loans prior to direct loans, we would call them FELP loans, they could actually account those in a chance for them to be forgiven. And actually, I, you know, right here, sitting down, I'm a recipient of that PSLF. Um, I can remember a phone call that I made. Um, I was calling Mohila, which that's the servicer that takes care of public loan service forgiveness. And literally, they said, Brandon, as of April 20th, 2022, your loans are completely discharged. And you have a zero balance. Play some victory march. This this is a safe space. I believe this is a completely safe space. I cried Um, over the phone with a lady I did not know. (laughs) That was 30 She wrote that in her field comments. I hope she did. I know I did in mine. Um, That was $36,000 that was wiped clean. Awesome. And when you have a family of four, two wonderful kids, wonderful wife, a monthly payment. Life-changing. Yeah, life-changing. It's tough payment. Yeah. You know, you put food on the table, different things. Tires decide to get holes in them. You, know, you work lo- for Kia. Yeah, you work for, I work for <laughs> work in education. Um, but so PSLF is very beneficial. And now we are seeing that if you are working in a public service organization, maybe nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, for a school. We've got a lot of teachers out there, folks. Um, working as a help, as a nurse, you know, I, I see a lot of programs right now where schools are paying, making sure that students are debt free when they graduate, if they sign a contract with that hospital to work. But with PSLF, if they go work as a nurse, they're getting their loans forgiven after mm-hmm. 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, 120 consecutive payments. And I think what, what blows my mind when you do an income-based repayment, which is that's how we, that's why we needed to set up the PSLF. If your income gets to have a zero payment each month, that counts towards it. That's the beauty. Mm-hmm. I of think it. that. I think that's is, the, is huge the thing. definition of on-time consecutive payments is pretty broad. If mm-hmm. you guys, you know, if y'all yeah. think everything that happened during COVID was an on-time consecutive payment, yep. even though everyone's loans were, the payment was, repayment was paused. Yeah, and, and just to broaden this out to student loans in general, going back to that communication piece with colleges, you need to get to know your loan servicer. If you owe money on a student loan and you're in repayment, so meaning like you're, you're done with school and now it's time to pay it back, and if you fall on difficult times financially, don't just let it go because there are so many protections in place now nice. that you can sign up for quickly, easily, that yep. will allow you to reduce that payment each mm-hmm. month, as you mentioned, all the way down to zero. You'd yeah. be shocked at how many people who go through an income-driven repayment plan mm-hmm. and end up having very little uh, dollar amount due each month or mm-hmm. zero. Even people who say, like, no, 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 I make too much. Yeah. yeah. 
Some yeah. of those people are still paying zero dollars a month mm-hmm. or eight. Right. You know, I think one of yeah. our staff said today, I pay eight dollars a month. Like, right. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's something that a lot of people can take advantage of, even if you don't work in public service like government nonprofit. Mm-hmm. These income driven repayment plans, we kind of talk as if they're all the same thing, but we're really talking about two different things here. Right. Income-driven repayment plans, that's something to consider no matter it, where you work yeah. mm-hmm. because that can potentially lower that monthly payment. That public service piece, what ends up happening is you get to kind of double dip between the two worlds. Mm-hmm. So you have two options to make when you go this public service loan forgiveness route, meaning you work for a government entity, nonprofit. If you work for an eligible employer full-time and you go this route, mm-hmm. You can either stay in that standard repayment plan, i.e. Brandy's uh, strategy of the regular, this is what you owe, and it's 10 years, or you sign up for that income-driven repayment plan where it takes a percentage of your discretionary income. So at the end of the day, when you're sitting there and you're trying to think, okay, well, if if I'm going to pay this off in 10 years, regardless, why is the PSLF such a big thing? It's only a big thing if you also have it tied into an right. income-driven repayment yep. plan because that's where it can potentially lower that monthly bill yep. mm-hmm. and allows you to have loans left over that get wiped away through yep. the forgiveness. Yeah. Right. And I want to just give like a quick PSA that's kind of like, you know, the umbrella co- topic conversation before we get to this point. We see people out in the field all the time who say, oh, I don't pay on my loans. Like they call me, they send me letters. I'm scared. I can't pay it. I don't have the money. So I just I just avoid the phone calls. First of all, student loan collectors, for the most part, especially if it's a direct loan, they're not like other creditors. They're not like credit card companies sure. who are going to threaten jail time and the police are going to knock on your door and all that craziness. They want to work with you. They want to get to a place where you can make a reasonable mm-hmm. effort toward your student loans. And so they will lay out all your options. They will talk to you very low, you know, and I think sometimes if, you, if you're in default, they have to say crazy things like, well, today we need to collect on $36,276. Can you pay that? Like they legally have to say those mm-hmm. scary things. Um, don't be scared of your student loan servicer. Like yeah. if you yeah. need to call and get into repayment, like he said, there's so many options now. You can get an affordable payment. You can get on a plan that works for you and you won't be in default. Uh, and you could potentially even get it forgiven if you work for a nonprofit or government agency. So mm-hmm. call those student loan servicers. Yeah. I think I think too, Cassie, is, you know, a lot of people don't understand what loans are in general. Right. I think a lot of times, you know, they take them out because it pays for their college. Mm-hmm. Then they're receiving a, a loan statement and repay six months after they graduate or leave school. And they don't understand the, the concept. And right. then those that do want to pay their loans back, like shout out to Brady for paying them responsibly. But we know if you borrow a loan and you lower that, you refinance, we'll use that kind of word. You're extending the life of that loan that's more interest that you're going to pay over yes, time. Right. So that's scary. That, yes. that, that's why I paid mine back. Absolutely. When I did, because mm-hmm. I did, you know, they sent me the letter in the mail that said, oh, you could be eligible to reduce your payment, based, you know, based on your income. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my whole thought is, I'll be paying on this forever. forever. Yeah. Right. If they look at my time. income, yeah. you know, yeah. sure. back when mm-hmm. I was, you know, Working on you know, single, living alone, living on mm-hmm. my one income and everything. I thought mm-hmm. I'll be paying nothing. I'll pay this back until the day mm-hmm. I die. Yeah. And so I yeah. didn't make any changes yeah. to it. 
And so some of what comes off as responsibility was fear. Yeah. You know? Right. Sure. Right. And for sure. I, huge like, point. Yeah. I can only speak on my experience though, but like when literally no joke guys, this is, this is truth, truth raw. Like this is the truth. I was literally talking to one of our loan people from Keyslick at the state fair last summer. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous about taking my loans and consolidating them to direct loans because I was afraid that I'm just going to have to start paying these all over again. Yes. Right. And I was in the same boat. I, right? I, I, I was like, I don't know how many times I said, I asked a thousand people probably. That might even be a, I mean, conservative That's a low number. estimate. <laughs> yes. Like, was like, are you sure that these loans are going to go back and cover some of my payments that I've been making since two 2007. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I turned in my paperwork and I literally had my old employer who was a college certify my employment dates, I had Kia. Shout out to Kia for um, getting my dates in quick. We see you, Nick. We Kimbrough. see you, Nick. Yeah. Absolutely, brother. Owe you one, buddy. We owe you one. He doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe a little shout out. Maybe we'll tag him. That's right. There um, you go. Yeah. And, By the way, every week, hi, hi Cassie's mom. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to shout out to my parents. I'm making this is my first podcast. Send send this to your parents. This is is all for you. Wait, your mom's name is Karen, too? My mom's name's Karen, yes. And your mom's name is Kim. 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 My dad's name is Mike. I love My dad's name is Pete. I like it. (laughs) And we've established that. Okay. Yeah. So, Cassie, let's say, for instance, you're like, that's established what no one cares about. All right, so say oyster, let's say, pizza and oyster right. and chimney yes. <laughs> and bathing suit. <laughs> we could be here all day, folks. So, yes. Cassie, let's say I'm a student loan borrower, right? I'm done with school, and, you know, let's say you're not well-versed in direct loans, FELP loans, any of this stuff. You just know you have student loans. Right. So I don't know what you all are talking about with direct loans. What's your first thing? What's your first move? Where? What website would you go to to figure that part out? Because that's the other piece of the puzzle when it comes to something yeah. like public service loan forgiveness. It's not just where you work. It's what kind of loan do you have? Right. Right. So right. where would you go? Where would you direct people? Well, Keith, I moderated this for a reason. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> so when you go to studentaid.gov yeah. and you log in to your student account, if you have an FSA ID, um, it will show you your loans. It will show you what type of loans you have. It will show you who your loan servicer is. And this is a perfect example. We were in our staff meeting today. We're talking about all of this. And we have a staff member who's incredibly intelligent, incredibly knowledgeable in all mm-hmm. of this stuff. And she said, what is, I don't know who my mm-hmm. loan servicer is. Like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And so we said, okay, go to studentaid.gov. Log in. It will tell you your loan, mm-hmm. the balance, the type. And your servicer. Yep. And it will even link to their website. Yes. And you can click on, what did she say, Advantage, I think was hers. Mm-hmm. And you can create your, your account for, through them. And then you can start any sort of process you want to through them. Yep. Um, consolidating. That was a huge question that came up today. How do I consolidate? What do I yep. do? Studentaid.gov. You go and it will say, consult. there's a link that says consolidate your loans. And you can apply for a consolidation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's always kind of your first step yeah. is know, know what you owe. I feel like I need to hashtag Ooh. that. Yep. Know hashtag what you owe. Yep. Um, so that's your first step in, in terms of student loans and managing your student loans. Mm-hmm. Know what you have how much it is, and who owns that loan, yeah. who services yeah. that loan. And let's say, okay, so we go to studentaid.gov, and let's say we have 
um, some some loans that say direct loan and some loans that say felt loan, which just FYI is just an old loan. It's an old school loan. Few years back, they switched everything to direct loans. Myself included. So yeah, it was funny today in the staff meeting. The divide of who was felt. We saw the age. We saw the ages. Yeah, who was felt and who was direct? Because we were like, once our age, we're like, oh yeah, felt loans. Like that's a term that's thrown out every single year. And anyone younger is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Loans are loans are loans. But here's in a nutshell what you have to know is if you want to pursue something like public service loan forgiveness, the important thing is you need to have a consolidation into a direct loan if you have something other than a direct loan. Mm -hmm. So if you log on to studentaid.gov, like Cassie's saying, and you see something that says felt loan, or even a combination of the two, the first step is you need to make sure everything's a direct loan. The way you do that is that consolidation loan. It's quick, it's easy, it doesn't cost you really anything. I did it sitting at the state fair. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. It took me two seconds. The beautiful thing about it, it's all through studentaid.gov on that piece of it. Right. Once you have it all under the right umbrella for something like public service loan forgiveness, the next step at that point is to go ahead and check and make sure your employer is eligible. <laughs> cool thing about studentaid.gov, they have a database right there it's on there. there for you. It will make things go a lot more smooth for you if you have your employer's EIN number, which comes off of like your W-2. But if you're able to plug that in there, it's going to make it super easy to find your employer and see if they're eligible. Once you figure that part of it out, then you're ready to actually start submitting for employer certification. And if you've hit your 10-year mark, your 120 monthly payments, you're ready to go ahead and start submitting that application for public service loan forgiveness. And it's all online. It's all yeah, right it's there. All that, so far, that everything tools. we just said, allstudentaid.gov. Yep. We're talking one website. Yeah. So you yep. think something like loan forgiveness, you have it built in your mind like, oh, man, that's going to be yep. a call here. I got to go here. I got to provide right. this. Print right. this out. And that's a, what, a, what a hurdle. I've got to print something. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So our advice at Kia is simple. If you have um, something other than a direct loan, like a felt loan from years ago, Step one, consolidate into a direct loan, and the the clock is ticking on that. So they have allowed some exceptions for uh, when you submit that public service loan forgiveness where they're giving you credit for old payments in those Mm -hmm. felt loan programs, Mm -hmm. but that door is about to shut. So the guidance that we have at Kia is if you have any of those old felt loans and you want to pursue PSLF, go ahead and get that consolidation going as soon as possible. (laughs) Ideally, that's done by April 30th so that there's enough time in place for everything to go through, the dust to settle, because after June 30th of this summer, they're not going to give any more credit, or at least that's that's what's been that's said. That's what they're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that door closes, and so mm-hmm. yeah. so if it were me, you know, my loans. So I have my undergrad loans are felt, my graduate school loans are direct. So if it were me, and I hadn't already consolidated, and I waited until July first and decided, okay, now I'm really ready to sit down. It literally took two seconds, yeah. um, and do this, I may not get credit, and I've right. been paying on those felt loans, y'all. <laughs> Yep. Since 2005. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we've been paying on those for mm-hmm. a minute. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a lot of credit that yeah. would have gone away if and I had waited. Once you get that, that stuff consolidated and then you're in the right loan program, mm-hmm. you've confirmed that you have employers that qualify for this PSLF, then you're ready to submit the application for that 120 payments. And at, the, at, at that process, you have a fork in the road. You can either print out the PDF and get handwritten signatures from all of your employers. Don't recommend that. Mm-hmm. Or they have a super helpful thing on studentaid.gov called the PSLF uh, 
was it the help tool? Help I think tool. is what they call mm-hmm. it. Yeah, <laughs> super yeah, helpful, and I can't remember the name. But yeah. <laughs> and it's a very complicated name. Yeah, yeah. Help yeah. Tool. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's got a ring to it. I gotta say. <laughs> anyway, you get on there. Thing. I think the whole thing for me, Cassie, was thirty minutes tops. Yep. And and it was ready to go. And then by that point, it all gets kind of worked yeah. out behind and the scenes. And it's cool because Keith and I would kind of watch. We did it around the same time. We would kind of watch, and there was like a little progress bar. Yes, there like, is. what's your progress, mm-hmm. you know, toward your forgiveness? And so that was neat to kind of watch that, yeah. you know. I mean, I think ours was this, like, mine was still the same. I mean, 565 or something ridiculous months yeah. of consecutive payments now. Yeah. But something high up there was mine. When I, when I did mine, um, you know, once all those loans loaded in, it was, it was so neat to see. When the actual loan forgiveness was being approved, you could see every loan that I've paid from the first, my first payment that I ever made back in 2000, uh, it was, yeah, November of 2007, because mm-hmm. I graduated in May. Mm-hmm. And it showed every, <laughs> I'm so old. Um, I hit the big 4-0 this year. Me too. So does B. Uh, yeah, joint B day party yes. for the bees. And so I saw that. And then here's here's something to keep in mind, and I'm glad Keith alluded to it. That tracker, it'll actually maybe show some of the loans that are not covered. It might and it might say date of employment or something like that. Check with your employer, maybe resubmit mm-hmm. another paper. Or I just called, I literally called Mohila, which is the servicer that does this, and I said, there, I, was at, I was at work during this time, and they said, oh, you know what? We'll just recalculate it. When they recalculated it, I went from, um, and you needed 120 payments. It was like, it was literally, it was so funny. It was like 110 of my 120 were covered. And I'm like, sweet, I'm only going to have to pay. Worst case scenario, I'm only going to have to pay 10. 10 and that could actually be a zero when we've already established that. Then they recalculated it, and then, then I call, I'm like, I'm going to call. And then that's when I, you know, just had a joyful moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, trumpets were played. Trumpets and went, like, <laughs> confetti blew out of oh, his phone did. directly into his face. Yeah, see, like it's kind of like when I tried to when I paid off my first car. I took it to, down to, to the clerk's office to let him so that I could, you know, they could mark that I paid off my title and stuff. They didn't have a party at all for me. Oh, I thought I even told Rude. the lady. I said, I don't get anything. I said, you get this stamp. I'm like. But I felt so much jubilation when that PSLF loan was like gone and I know. We need to have PSLF parties for Ooh, each of you guys. I As like our that. loans are all paid yes, off, yes, forgiven, I love it. we'll have PSLF parties. I love and Brandy's it. actually gonna fund those. Yeah. She has the money to pay her <laughs> yeah, student loans right. all those years. She was ago. so responsible financially. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, you guys might have already said this and I'm like She wasn't staring, listening. I may have been staring at the wall thinking, Well, I don't have any loans. She's like, What's for dinner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier, Keith, when we were talking about this, is that you don't have to have a a role that is um, a service role. You just mm. have to work for, and yeah. I just, even if you guys said that, just right. wanted yeah. to reiterate My that. My works for a yeah. library and his counts. Yeah. 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 It and doesn't maybe, matter what you do, it's where you work. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. whatever that yes. role could be, yeah. as long as the employer is eligible that's, That's right. your golden ticket. Yep. Did, y'all, did y'all already say that? I missed it. No. no. We said it in the staff meeting. I think it's all meeting together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been sitting here the whole time saying, like, it doesn't matter where you are, yeah. what you do. It matters where you work. 
I've been just it's been rolling as a subtitle. I knew it was like osmosis, getting into her, her, <laughs> into her brain. Um, what awesome information to share with, uh, you know, the 75 people who are going to watch this. You could get your loans forgiven. Like today, yeah. in six months, yep. it could happen for you. Yep. And that, you know, I think it's no secret. It's life-changing for yeah. those of us at the table. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, the responsible one. Don't live in fear. Like me. don't live in fear. Get on. Don't pay your loans. No, that's that's definitely not the message. Don't pay your loans. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Don't be dumb. Don't pay your loans. Um, no. Sign up for PSLF. Work for a nonprofit. Work for a state agency. Come work in outreach. We have a lot of fun. Um, next time around, we're going to tell you all about the SAVE program. So we got fun things coming. If you consider loan repayment fun, we got a lot of fun in store for you for Episode 7. Uh, thank you to our special guests yeah. for joining us. You're welcome. Thank Thanks you for, for having us. us. Thank you for sacrificing your promptness at your FAFSA night yes. for us. Because um, we have gone well past when we needed to stop and uh until next time until episode seven drink up (laughs) enjoy that ice cold unsweet coffee from your potted plant mug (laughs) cheers cheers my lungs are paying off the song y'all